backboard banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter that's ferocious as that Zion Williamson returned to the court, man. We'd all been waiting for it. The man, the myth, the legend, the most powerful score we've seen in a generation. I love me some Zion, man. I'm so glad he's back. He's a monster. He's a massive dude. And everyone was pumped to see him back. I mean, maybe not Brooklyn fans, because the Pelicans dumpstered this team. They put them out to bed. They say goodbye to the Brooklyns for the first game of the season. You know what, man? Um, I'm kind of really glad that I nixed that Brooklyn idea of them winning the championship because they looked pathetic. Ben Simmons was absolutely atrocious. Four, five, and five. You haven't played in 440 whatever days i get it zion hasn't played in 500 days and he dominated man like kevin durant's the only guy that showed up to play on brooklyn kyrie irving you gotta play basketball man i know you're probably the most skilled basketball player to ever play the game i get it you're you're amazing you're not great unless you actually play within a system like brooklyn looks horrible the brooklyn woes are not good right now simmons had some good defensive moments but i mean even even Steve Nash was coming out being like, Ben Simmons looks rusty right now, you know, in, in post-game interviews. So definitely a lot for Brooklyn to figure out come the line. But the real fun story here is this Pelicans roster. They look scary. They look like they are coming together. And if they're not a dark horse contender from game one of the season, I don't know what the media is thinking about because that's what I see and that's what I'm hearing in the grapevine. Dude, they are, they are built properly. Um, I really like this team. Now, again, Brooklyn looks so bad that we could be overvaluing what they did to them. Like, you know, people's opinion that Brooklyn is so high and then them getting beat so badly. The Pelicans look that much better when in reality, Brooklyn's probably like the 20th best team in the NBA. And so the Pelicans are definitely like maybe the 10th. Um, I liked what I saw, though, because Brandon Ingram... This man is unbelievable. He looks like Kevin Durant in terms of the way his jumper, he's so silky. He may not be as long and as tall, but it, it looks so similar out there. And he was scoring the ball so effortlessly. CJ McCollum had his time to shine. They were all able to score in 20 points. They all had good you know, rebound assist numbers. Like it was, it was nice to see. Like they actually worked it between the three of them to get all all the stars going. And they're they're role players, man. I, we like their role players, like John uh, Herb Jones, Alvarado, Jackson Hayes, JV was playing like a oh yeah, like a baller. Like I could talk about this team for hours, man. They're like my Memphis. Yeah, Pelicans fans are so pumped. You know, one zero in the Afro Samurai, Afro Brandon Ingram timeline, like. They're scary. You know, they look good. Zion looks healthy. He looks ready. That contract stipulation looks like it's going to hold him down and he's going to have an absolutely banger season ahead of us. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm I'm, like, should I should I flip where the Lakers and the Pelicans were on my table just a week ago? Like, man, it was impressive. Absolutely, man. And like, definitely knocking down Brooklyn a couple <laughs> pegs on, my, on mine. And you're right. If I could go back, I would be pulling the Lakers out of the playoff prediction that I have because just gonna hide. If you want, I guess if you want to move on from the Pelicans, like those Lakers have looked atrocious through two games. The Warriors absolutely beat them down, 
And the Clippers, who were playing their first game of the season, load managing Kawhi, Paul George didn't even look good. I'm pretty sure Avika Zubac is the guy who scored the most points for them. They ended up beating the Lakers. Man, there's so many ways to go this, but I have to start with Zubac. The man had 14 points, 17 rebounds. He didn't miss a shot. Love this man. The greatest, you know, center who no one thinks about in the NBA right now. LeBron, you could have had this guy on your roster just a few years ago, but this Lakers squad, man, you know, if if people didn't want to believe that there were troubles already, these first two games are a real example because, yes, We've seen some good moments out of a couple of players. We've seen some defensive moments, but they look lost on offense. And you can't keep breaking open threes because this Lakers team is going to get way too many of them this season. Well, I mean, LeBron came out after game one and said we generated a ton of open looks from three, but maybe it's also just the way that teams are playing us because he was right. They have no real sharp shooters on their roster. It's just, it's not great, man. It's just not looking good at all. And I'm, I'm really down on the Lakers, man. 19 of 85 from three in these first two games. The worst two game shooting stretch from any team shooting 50 plus threes in two games. 22%. I mean, what else do we say, right? Like it's scary times for Lakers Nation. Man, it is it is so scary. Um, and you know they're like blaming Russell Westbrook, and I understand like, oh for eleven, oh for six last night, the the two three four stat line or yeah. whatever it was. Ugly, ugly. But he actually looked decent on defense. Um, they you know he bricked that three against uh, Draymond Green where he's just turning around, but he actually kept the play alive to to be able to even have that opportunity their issue is the fact that you know we've talked about it for years that you know you need four guy four guy five guy six in your lineup to be a really good serviceable nba player and they just don't have that like after russell westbrook their roster i don't think has anybody who you can consider average in the nba and, and it's a struggle, too, because they're going to get the open looks and the team isn't built around three-point shooters. They don't really have any young talent because they made the massive trade for Anthony Davis. And can we talk about AD? Is it time for us to really consider the death of, you know, the superstar that was Anthony Davis? Because, yes, Game 2 was much better than Game 1 for AD. He came out and looked feasible at best, considering how bad his first game performance was. But, you know, we were talking about this beforehand. He needs to be more of the big and less of the shooter because it's not going well right now. Well, I like game two is only better because his shot was falling and he started game one so well. It's just he got away from doing what he's so effective at. And that is playing down low. It's it's being that ultra skilled center around the basket. He's a great mid-range shooter and he's a very good three-point shooter for his size absolutely for nba standards he's only a above average mid-range shooter and a good to like mediocre three-point shooter for nba standard every player now he needs to lean into his god-given ability which is his height and his ability around the basket he's a great 
great touch finesse player around the yeah. basket. He needs to score down there. He needs to to be down there, but that's just not something that he's willing to do, man. And if he's not willing to do it, LeBron can't be the main impact guy on this team night in and night out. He just it's year 20, like you said, man. He's got so much mileage on him. And the guy's still dropping, like, what? I guess between the two games, 30 or 26 points a game or whatever it is to start the season. Like, it's, you know, some guys are calling them empty stats. He's still getting the stats at his age. So, it's just, this Lakers team is brutal. And it didn't help that they played you know, two of the best teams in the Western Conference. Right, like, that, that's the thing I was like, we'll, we'll move on and probably talk about those two teams shortly, but, yeah, the Lakers need to really find some shooters, they need to find something, because they have talent, but the chemistry isn't there, and if AD, Westbrook, if these players aren't going to conform to what the team needs, what can Darvin Ham do? Like, yes, Lonnie Walker can have a great shooting night, you know, can have 26 points, and look good. I was joking with Matt, he looks like a young Westbrook at times, the way he's going to the rim. But the Lakers don't need that. They need a buddy healed as hilarious as that is. They need shooting, and they don't have that on this roster. Yeah, I, like Lonnie Walker had a great game last night, but he was two of eight from deep. And like you mentioned, he is doing a lot of like what the younger Russell Westbrook provided and like an upgraded version of what Russell Westbrook is right now. But at the end of the day, like you nailed on the head, they need a Buddy Heald. They need a Seth Curry. They need a Joe Harris. They don't need another athletic guy whose game is predicated on getting to the basket. AD's game is predicated on that. LeBron is predicated on that. And Russell Westbrook's game only revolves around getting to the basket. <laughs> yeah. They need to get rid of that, man. They need to get some shooting. Look at look at Golden State, man. Yep. Golden State has maybe one top 30 player. Maybe you could argue, you know, Andrew Wiggins is in the 25 to 30 range. But I'm sure a lot of guys would argue that he's not. And they smoked them. They smoked them bad. The Warriors have a beautiful system. And, you know, we weren't the highest on this team coming into this season. You know, the locker room chemistry seemed to have taken a hit. I mean, not just talking about Jordan Poole's face, but, like, just the team in general. Everyone was expecting them to have issues coming into this season, and we didn't really see that. Now, again, they're playing the Lakers, so let's, let's you know, quiet our expectations. They're not beating one of the top expected, you know, five teams in the NBA. But they came out strong. Steph Curry do, did what he did, and you can't really say no to the Golden State Warriors right now. Yeah. Honestly, man, as great as the NBA talent has become, I think what has happened with that is that everybody has a chance now. It's There's been more parity because everybody has a superstar level talent on their roster. True. I mean, it's just amazing to see, and it's, it's great. So we'll see what happens when the Warriors play a really great team, how Steph Steph Curry can carry them. But I really liked what I saw from Andrew Wiggins. You know, we were on it last year during the playoff run. He is this team's second best player. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, the man only got, what, $109 million. Jordan Poole made more than him. If I'm paying one of the two of them, I'm paying Andrew Wiggins way more. He's bigger. He's a better scorer. Like, just, like, natural get-to-the-bucket scorer. And a better defender. It is... Absolutely insane. It's crazy. Yeah, shout out to Wiggins for getting that contract. You know, considering the fact that four years ago, 
people were talking about Wiggins of, you know, when is he not going to be making money? How do we, you know, stop paying this guy? You know, Minnesota fans over there, not looking good now for you guys. But, it, you know, the contract differences between the two of them really shows the state of the NBA right now. You know, luxury woes for the Warriors aside, you know, it's crazy that in a wings league, because everyone defines the NBA right now in a wings league where you need, you know, look at what Paul George and Kawhi were supposed to do as in a wings league. How come yep, a player yep. like Poole as a guard is getting paid so much? How come this summer, you know, you look at uh, Maxi, you look at um, from Miami, six man of the year, Tyler, uh, Hero. Tyler Hero, you know, the money that is just being sent out to these guards. It's kind of insane right now. That's, that's where mindset goes. Yeah, I mean, when you got a guy like Brandon Clark, who we both love, love and think is severely underrated and a key part of that Memphis team, only getting $52 million, which look, I say only $52 <laughs> million, like that wouldn't change my life. Um, but Kevin Kevin Porter Jr. is getting 82. And at the end of the day, I think, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. maybe has a higher ceiling in terms of scoring, but the more consistent player and the, the guy who provides almost like a Draymond Green-esque formula for a basketball team. Yeah. Brandon Clark, right? Like, Kevin Porter Jr. is never going to be the number one scorer on a championship team. Brandon Clark could be your number one glue guy on a championship team. It's it's astounding, right? And it's it's the craziness of the NBA right now. And obviously, we're talking about two very different teams in the Rockets and the Grizzlies and where they are and where their opportunities for, for money to be given out is. But... At the end of the day, this is a Wings league. And so, you know, to bring it back to Wiggins, seeing what he does and seeing the importance that Golden State has, you know, everyone's talking about whether this roster can switch into the next phase of their dynasty. You know, Kuminga, Moses Moody, this next step, getting rid of Steph. Guys, Wiggins is going to be the bridge that connects these two pieces. And if Golden State can figure out what to do with their next pieces, while having Wiggins as their veteran when Steph and Clay and Draymond are no longer there... Wow, what a great job from this franchise. Yeah, what a trade, man. That D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins trade, which they got more back in that because D'Angelo Russell was so overvalued at the time of the trade. Yeah. It it was a it it shows you why smart franchises stay winning and bad franchises stay losing. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's just smart economics, man. Yeah. Okay, the last thing that I want to talk about with the Warriors-wise is obviously, like, I feel like we can't get away without talking about their luxury tax issues. Because with Poole getting this extension, with Wiggins getting this extension, the Warriors are looking at, like, I don't know, possibly $483 million in total salary value come next season. It's insane, and is it time for Draymond to go because maybe there's just no more money, right? Absolutely. I mean, look, Draymond Green has been a great piece for that. And people will say that I underrate his value for that team. But I think there are so many guys like Draymond Green in this league who can provide that toughness, who can provide that defensive intensity. Um, You just have to get some of them to buy in like i said pj tucker is a a great example of of a player who's exactly like draymond green um i just he doesn't have a spot on this roster and i think the fact that they paid jordan Poole and andrew wiggins just kind of signals that to the rest of the league you saw him dapping up lebron mid-game you know like he might be a laker come this time next year so crazy to think but yeah it's a lot a lot on the horizon for this Golden State team. Shall we flip it now? Talk about the Clippers a little bit more. This team that 
had a lot of question marks coming into the season and then decided that, yeah, Kawhi can come off the bench. Yeah, we can relax, no issues, and still get an easy W? Man, I, they're a deep, deep roster. Um, they had, I think, like six or seven guys scoring double figures last night. Um, they're, again, Golden State and, and the Clippers are just underscoring what the Lakers' issues are. Is that, yeah, you guys might have the two best players on the floor at any given time. You probably have the best player on the floor at any given time. But the next, you know, four or five guys that are on the floor, those are ours. The the best ones, they're ours. Like, our five are going to be better than your third best guy every single time. Unfortunately, Russell Westbrook is just not that player anymore. And that it just is what it is. And there's also, there's always deficiencies in everybody's game, right? And when you think about the Lakers stars beside LeBron, there's such massive deficiencies in certain things. And especially the shooting woes, it allows certain teams to really take advantage. And we're talking regular season here. Let's not even talk about the playoffs when you can really dig into a team system and really figure out ways to pick it apart. That's the scariest thing that I see in these first couple of games for the Lakers. And the Clippers, if they can stay healthy, they can keep it going. You know, John Wall, 15 points on what? Or sorry. Yeah, 15 uh, points 15, yeah, 15, 15. Yeah, on 7 Looking of 15. really good. He was explosive. His first was, I think, a midi shot that he just absolutely buried right into the net. Like, And he only wall. played, like, 24 minutes. Yeah. Kawhi only played, like, 24 minutes, 14, 7, and 2 on 6 of 12. Paul George played a little bit more. So did Avika Zubac, but they looked good. Mark, Marcus Morris, because uh, Markeith plays for a different team. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Marcus, uh, he looked good, too. Um, they're deep. Norm Powell like, only had nine points, but he, that's all he needed, right? Yeah. Like, this team is, is doing everything right, and that's why I think everyone's so high on them. Again, I think it's smart to to kind of load manage Kawhi. We load managed Kawhi that entire season, man. To a championship. And, yeah. And like Kawhi said that he played hurt throughout the entire playoffs. So you know Kawhi's willing to play hurt. He's just yeah. only willing to play hurt when it absolutely matters. And so the Clippers, man, they're a scary, dangerous team. It's only game one for them. Um, they might just cruise into the playoffs and then cruise to a championship. We're definitely going to so keep our that eyes. Uh, yeah, I know. We, I, the Clippers curse, we still believe in it. But yeah, we're going to keep our eyes on this team throughout the rest of the season. They've definitely got the better storyline as of right now than the, the other LA team. But let's flip on over to the East a little bit now. Let's talk about a team that we don't really love, but has to be talked about right now in the 76ers because they're 0-2. They have come out to start their season. James Harden looks great. Joel Embiid is doing his best fall on the floor impression. And they just haven't won a game yet. It's crazy. Dude, why we talked about this all playoffs last year when we were playing Joel Embiid. This man is embarrassing. <sighs> he is the most embarrassing thing to happen to the NBA in years. To have a quote-unquote top five player, a quote-unquote big man of like he's seven to two seventy. He's one of the biggest bodies in the NBA, yeah. and yet he flops around like he's five nine, a hundred and sixty pounds. Like this guy is just so brutal. And then on defense, when he wants to, he imposes himself so physically. Like last night, he had a big block on um, I forget who it was, but he had a oh, on West Matthews. He had a huge block on West Matthews, and like bodies him over and it's like oh 
Yeah, but like if Wes Matthews poked you, you'd fall over like a big tree. Like it's brutal, man. That Marcus Smart tug, um, him to fall over like that and also like kind of you know, whatever he was trying to do to Marcus Smart, hurt him, whatever. It's I'm so fed up with this. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for the league. It makes me not want to be a basketball fan when I watch Joel Embiid. The look, the look with with Smart is bad. It looks really bad. The angles that they have of it, and just the amount of times. I mean, we as we joked it in the playoffs last year. The amount of times that I see this man post up some guy, and then just throw his body towards the basket, right? And he's gonna hit people in the face. We've seen it multiple times, but. You know, I'm a, Matt knows this, I'm a small guy, I'm pretty short, I'm 5'7", I'm 150 pounds when I'm wet. Like, I'm not going to cause anybody damage. On a good day. On a, <laughs> on a good day, exactly. But if I'm walking around outside in the middle of nowhere and decide to just start throwing myself at people, they're going to get mad at me. I'm not going to cause a problem, but they're going to get mad at me. Joel Embiid is going to crush somebody. The way he injured and, and actually hurt Danny Green last year, things that we've seen, there is a history, right? Exactly. There is a history. There is a pattern that we have seen here. And in the, in the sport that we have today, you can't be this reckless. With players' entire livelihoods bent on them being able to actually play the sport of basketball, a Joel Embiid falling and breaking on your leg is detrimental to anybody, let alone if it happens to the 14th guy on a roster who then suddenly doesn't play anymore and can't do anything, right? Like, it, can, it, yeah. it needs to be looked at. It's it's brutal, man. Like you said, because if, you know, God forbid he hurts a star player. But even when you think about those, you know, back of the rotation players who are fighting to stay in the NBA, they're making, you know, yeah, they're making millions of dollars, but they're making, you know, minimums to, to be yeah. on those teams. And their livelihoods and their families and their, you know, relatives are depending on them to continue to push to make this kind of money. And it's just, you know, he could, he could end some careers, man. And it's just I I hate it, man. I absolutely hate it. I was so glad to see Boston beat them. Like out of the two of them, I'll take Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, who combined for seventy points, by the way. If those guys play like top ten players, Boston's gonna be way better than we both expected. Yeah. Um they don't need a coach at that point. <laughs> <laughs> the the Boston woes have been quieted, but I feel like we have to talk about James Harden at least, you know, when it comes to Philly, they didn't show too much, right? Like Tobias looked okay as the fourth like he looked good but he didn't look like anything special he looked like what he's supposed to do but that's that's yeah that's who he is and then tyrese (laughs) obviously didn't have the same start to the season like he's had in the preseason games but james harden this guy came out two 30 plus point games doing what he does now the little shimmy shake on smart to brick shot is one of the funniest clips i've seen this week but Outside of that, the man looks ready to go for the NBA. His legs just look better, man. Yeah. He looks he looks thinner. He looks like he's in better shape. He's got a little bit more jump. It's just um it, it looks good for him. And you know, we didn't mention Clay actually looks like he's got a little bit more jump this True. season. So watch yeah. out for that on the Golden State Warriors. But yeah, James Harden's coming off that injury, he's taking care of his body a little bit better. Um Philadelphia looks good, man, and Again, though, I they could come first in the NBA this year, and like by a wide margin, I'm not gonna trust it until I see it in the playoffs. Um, Joel Embiid has never, you know, gotten out of the second round. Um, James Harden has never won anything in this league that actually has consequence in the playoffs. So they're they're measured up strictly on that. 
Um, do I like their team? Yeah, I think they've got a good team. I like the D'Anthony Melton picked up. I think he's been a you know a really Definitely. good role player for them. I think that um, they've got some really nice pieces around the three stars. They might have the best four man like group in the entire NBA with Tobias, Maxi, Harden, and Embiid. They're they're definitely like, gonna be something, right? When it when it comes to Philadelphia, but that's also the parity of the league when you think about it, right? It's why we can talk about how there's so many teams that could have this potential because there is such superstar talent spread thin across so many different teams. So 76ers will have to, you know, hold it down. They're really gonna have to work hard because you know an 0 2 hole isn't much, but it's still an 0 2 hole to start your season. Yeah, I mean, there's 80 games left, and they played Boston and, and Milwaukee, and they were down pretty big to Milwaukee, and they ended, ended up making it really close. You know, Milwaukee had to hit some clutch shots at the end. Brooke Lopez, one of two from, yeah. from the free throw line to seal it off. But, hey, man, my boy Giannis, he looks so good. He just he just is so good at basketball. I love that, man. Um, yeah, but I the 76ers are going to be a playoff team for me, and I'm good to move on. Absolutely. Well, I think I want to touch on the Grizz and Knicks really quickly because last season the Knicks started out with a double overtime victory, thinking, man, we are the cream of the crop. We're back. Bing bong. Yeah, exactly. Everyone remembers that side talk, you know, one minute video of them outside the garden. But man, they lost to the Grizzlies and the Grizzlies look good. Jaw putting up 34 points. This Grizzlies squad coming out with a strong start to their season. Like, I have to talk to start that. Honestly, I don't know if. The Knicks looked good, or Memphis actually looked bad, because Memphis should, oh, yes. in my opinion, destroy the Knicks. And they let the Knicks get back in that game. They let them push it to overtime, and like, of course, you know, Jaw just does Jaw things, takes over, so they win. But man, I did not love the game that I saw from Memphis, and uh, maybe we underrated the Knicks a little bit. Like maybe. Like, this whole Jalen Brunson thing is going to work out. Uh, right. Not that I'm a huge Jalen Brunson guy. <laughs> uh, got a shout-out to uh, Isaiah Hartenstein having a great, you know, backcourt situation, or sorry, frontcourt situation for this Knicks squad. There's just so many, I don't want to say mid-players on this team. There's just so many players that we just don't really understand what they're going to do or what's going to happen with this Knicks team. So, to get to overtime was a victory for them. But to, lo to lose to this Grizzlies squad, that was what was expected. So Yeah, no, exactly. So it's a tight loss. It's what it's it's expected. But again, first game of the season, you know, no overreacting to anything. John Moran looks sick, and he's going to be sick this year. Yeah, we can we can brush that off. You want to talk about some rookies? You want to talk about Magic Pistons, that Cade versus Paolo matchup? Honestly, man, uh, yeah, because Paolo Bantero being one of three rookies since 1969 to put up 25, five and five and his uh, debut as a number one overall pick to join the likes of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and LeBron James as the third guy. Like, nice. I don't know, two of the three greatest players of all time and me. That's pretty sick if I'm Paolo Banchero, man. That's he, really sick. He came out ready to go and as, as we were discussing you know before this this magic squad is silently full of killers seemingly like they're ready to go out of nowhere yeah yeah um i don't know if you watch uh first things first but uh kevin wilds last year called the orlando magic a frisky team and could potentially make the play in and then they ended up 
you know, getting the number one overall pick. And then so, like, he was, like, nervous to do it again this year, didn't want to do it. But I was thinking this is the year to do it, man. Mm. Like, Jonathan Isaac isn't even playing. He might be their best uh, player from before all of these draft picks, the last two with Banchero, Suggs, and, and Franz Wagner. But those three guys look really good. Suggs had a really good first game, um, shooting really efficient from the field. Then you add in the fact that Wendell Carter's there, Mo Bamba's there, Bull Bull is there. Like, they've got some some real depth on the squad. I didn't even mention Cole Anthony or, or Markel Fultz. Like, man, Orlando Frisky. And Detroit still beat them, man. Like, <laughs> Kate Cunningham looking real good. Bogdan Bogdanovich, the man lit it up. Like, good for Detroit, man, because that's a Frisky team right there. This was a game that if I wasn't working... I would have been absolutely glued to my screen to watch. I really, you know, I like these two teams. I like a lot of players on these rosters, and I think that they're set up for success in the future. Yes, both of these teams are most likely coming below the 10 seed in the East this year. That's just kind of how the East yeah. is stacked up right now. But when I think about teams looking to the future, man, Powell and Cade really showed up and really proved why they are the stars of their squad and why they can lead them to victory. Absolutely, man. And it's it's really nice to see that the league is in really great hands with these young players. Um, two very similar, like, sized players who kind of do similar things. Uh, but, man, Banchero really showed out in his first game. I hope he can keep it up because, like, getting a LeBron-Kareem kind of player, that's a, that's a definitely a game changer. Man, Orlando somehow crushes the first overall pick whenever they have it. They go with Shaq. And Dwight Howard, and if Paolo Banchero is anywhere close to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and LeBron right? James, they just knocked another one right out of the park. Uh, you, you nailed it right there. I'm, I'm absolutely with you. Uh, other other teams to discuss, really, when we, we come about what's left this week, you know, we could mention the Suns and the Mavericks game, Luka going off, but this Damian Lee dagger to close it for the Suns somehow? My gosh. And at the end of the day, like, Dallas had such a lead in the first game of the season that you can really tell that that comeback was them letting the pressure off. And it's just natural. I mean, when you're up big in a game that really doesn't matter at the beginning of the season, you're not really that into it. It happens. And Lucas still looked great. Christian Wood, I think, was really good in his debut he he showed that he's the perfect piece to initiate the offense when luke is not on the floor which i really like and so i'm still high on this Mavs team this sun's team i'm still kind of down on because they were they were getting you know their butts handed to them until Ma the Mavs decided like okay <laughs> it's over game's over it's a good moral victory and you know crazy that you know money was able to bench chris paul for half of that fourth quarter because obviously damian lee was playing as well as he was and really, it enabled Booker to run the show. And I think Suns fans are pretty happy with this type of decision because, you know, CP3 is not the future. Devin Booker is the future. And watching him and Aiton, you know, play their pick-and-roll game well is a positive sign when you think about the potential chemistry issues that this team is dealing with. It definitely. They could be better than, than we anticipated for sure. And um, quick, quick little um, trivia question for you. Out of Kyrie Irving and Damian Lee, which one has received MVP votes in their career? It's got to be Damian Lee, right? Yeah. <laughs> no MVP votes. Yeah, obviously, there's 10 slots, so to just show up on a ballot, he's never shown up on an MVP ballot. Damian Lee has shown up on MVP ballot. 
So, I mean, it showed, right? The some, guy was sick at the end. Some <laughs> wild NBA trivia right here, Matt. But, yeah, the fadeaway shot was absolutely stunners from that man. But, yeah, pretty pretty unimportant game at the end of the day between these two teams. But, you know, we got to talk about Luka. And the Suns are a team that you have to pay attention to right now with the struggles that are going on. Yeah, to, to see how that how that kind of pay, plans out. Um, another team that you definitely have to, to watch right now is those Atlanta Hawks. Um, wow. Four guys score 20-plus points. DeAndre Hunter, we've got Trey Young, we've got Clint, uh, not Clint Capella, we've got uh, John Collins, and then we also got DeJounte Murray. That team, I know they were playing the Rockets, so, like, not going to get too excited here but four guys like score for 90 points you're just looking for another 30 points from the rest of your roster that's a really great way to start um and jabari smith for the rockets did look good in his debut three of 11 from deep um not as silky as he was in preseason but still 17 7 and 1 is a pretty good stat line for a for a third overall pick absolutely and if you are not looking at this atlanta hawks roster and realizing how perfect DeJounte is for Trey, man. To think that this is their first game together, to see where the two of them as a backcourt are going to go, 50 games, a season, three seasons from now, if they can stay together, like, the Hawks did really good for Trey when they picked this guy up. Absolutely, man. They they absolutely crushed it. Um, I think that's really it for, like, the topics that I wanted to hit. You want to talk about our Raptors, man, because... I mean, it wasn't a pretty win by any means, but they got the dub, and that's what matters. We are happy Raptors fans. We got our 1-0 season victory. You know, we haven't won a, a home opener since 2019, and, I mean, we beat Cleveland that year, and we went on to win a championship. I'm not going to drink the Kool-Aid, but I'm drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit. But, no, glad we got the W, but, man, we eked it out in the end there. Dude, it was not pretty, but it kind of is more encouraging that it wasn't that pretty. Um, and we ended up winning. You know, OG didn't have a great start offensively to this game. He was great defensively the entire game. Scotty Barnes and Precious Achua through three quarters had <laughs> Raptors fans nervous. They had Raptors fans, you know, thinking, well, we better go back to the lottery for Victor Wembanyama because, man, we did not get it. But in the fourth quarter, those boys showed why we're so high on them, why we have so much praise for them. They stepped up their play. They you know, connected on that last minute, last second basket that really sealed the deal for us. And it was a fitting end to the game for those two boys to, to kind of seal it for us after having yeah. the struggle that they had. I, I love to see it though. I mean, I was sweating a little bit when, when precious, you know, put the dunk in and there was still time and Mitchell could take his shot, but you know, take the basket either way. For me, Absolutely. there were two big things to look at in this game, especially when I look at Scotty's plus 20, team high plus 20, you know, considering the struggle of a game that he had, it shows how involved he is in the game and how much is going on when he's on the court. And the other thing for me, which is, you know, a little bit funnier, you know, the last five minutes of this game was really where we won it because up until that point, it was back and forth. You know, we were letting Cleveland kind of do what they wanted. But in that last five minutes, we were getting 1.6 points per possession, and Cleveland was at 0.7. We really turned it on at the end of that game, and that's what I like to see from the boys. And that's perfect. That's that's kind of what you want. You know, Cleveland was winning at half. Cleveland was winning going into that fourth quarter. But 
situational basketball is playoff basketball and it's the last five minutes of games it's when you know you have to execute and the raptors did man that last five minute stretch like you said it's what won us the game it's because we out executed them when it counted now yes they did lose darius garland to that eye injury and it was a freak accident and i i feel horrible i hope he's okay um and donovan mitchell cooked us but i think you know nick plays that game he plays the game of okay let your star cook but nobody else is going to do anything and i shut down everybody else and that's what he did um i I don't know if you listen to the will lou recap but you know apparently he was yelling bagless at evan mobley all night and evan mobley didn't look great offensively um he did get cooked a couple times by pascal siakam too um on defense so he didn't have the best start either actually out of the the five first row First, uh, the top five picks from last year's draft. I think Jalen Suggs had the best best one, even though he had the worst season last year. So, <laughs> hey, man, like it's funny how things it's, happen. It's a crazy world that we live in. And, you know, shout out to Nick Nurse. He talked about how he wants to keep the starters' minutes down this season. Fred only played 39 minutes last night, you know, kept it under 40. So, congrats, Nurse. But, <laughs> man, I'm, I just let me pull the dagger out there. That one still hurts a little bit. We, we don't want to see 39 minutes from Fred, but... You know, on no, the other, 35, please. <laughs> honestly, let's make it happen. But the other really exciting part of that game was watching Christian Coloco. This guy came out, you know, had to play early. And apparently, like, I thought that he was getting pulled in because of, like, you know, the foul trouble and situation that was happening. But apparently before the game, Nurse came to him and was like, don't be surprised if you're coming in, you know, early into this game. And he had a game. He showed yeah. up. He played good defense. Yes, he needs to work on his finishing and certain things. But if, if, look, if nothing else happened last night but him stopping Mitchell on that posterizer attempt, I would be happy. Because if that wasn't Mitchell being like, welcome to the league, Christian, and Christian being like, no. Like, it was so beautiful. I was so happy as a fan. He's proved that already he's a very serviceable backup defensive big. Mm-hmm. Now, can he develop from there? And, you know, at 22 years old, having only played the game for so many years, like Pascal Siakam, I totally believe that he can, which is amazing for us because what he's providing is honestly what we miss a lot of the time. And if he can stay on the court for 20 minutes, 25 minutes a game um, by, you know, year two, year three, like we have found what we have immediately needed. And so this this big presence is just so good for us when he left the game you could really tell cleveland was just doing what they wanted at the yeah. at the rim um and cleveland has one of those rosters that really exploits our one weakness um it, it it's funny to say but it felt like we were one six nine guy away uh from really like having it on lock like chris boucher would have been really nice because again when cloco left like we had no rim protection yeah um, with precious not you know I know he wants to be an all NBA defender and one of the known as one of the better defenders in the league, but that was not a great way to start the season there, bud. Um, so, I mean, again, though, early on, we like, we like parts of it and it'll just get ironed out. I've got so much faith in Nick nurse and a win is a win, man. Let's start the season one and oh, and let's get two and oh tonight against Brooklyn. Yeah, that's exactly that's what we want. You know, we need less shot for shot. Because that's what it seemed like that Cleveland game was. It was just going back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, 
to to follow up after that last preseason game that we had against Boston, that playoff atmosphere game in Montreal, shout out to the fans in Montreal for that game because that was a banger to watch on TV. I couldn't imagine what the fans would have been like in the stadium. And that was a game where the starters were going at each other all game. Oh, but we didn't have Pascal. Let's not forget about that. So, you know, I, I can't not forget. Yeah, OG, OG was going that off game. It was game. phenomenal. Uh, so, yeah, I mean... It, you know, we you mentioned about how Mitchell was cooking us, and I, and I will bring up the fact that the fourth quarter was not Mitchell's territory because OG pretty much locked him down. You know, Mitchell was still doing what he did, but it wasn't that same you know first parts of the game. So we have the options. Nurse knows that he has the players and the potential and the situations. We just have to work on the chemistry, figure things out, and make sure that the boys are ready for all the different teams that we're going to face over the next eighty-one games. And we definitely have the components to be a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense. Um, that's that's what I love about this roster is the versatility, yeah. the the ability to, to put guys in positions to win depending on the matchups that they get. Um, so uh, we might not have, again, the number one, number two, you know, best players on, on our roster be that top 10 player in the league. But hey, man, I think we've got a bunch of best 100 players in the league i think you know precious i think gary trent jr i think scotty barnes i think pascal og siakam are all you know pushing that top 100 Mm -hmm. and that just that's a winning formula right there my friend and we haven't talked about gary yet you know we were going that list and i was like we've talked about everybody but gary so far and man was he important like his shots some of those three points that he just confidently stepped into a knockdown you know it's what you want to see from him so hopefully he can keep his momentum going and not think about the contract situation that's coming up for him hopefully man because i love that guy i think he's a great player and I, i can't wait to see them grow with the raptors man um now we got four games coming up this week yeah you know we got back to backs against the heat uh we got a game against the nets and a game against the 76ers could be a rough week. Could Definitely. be a fantastic week if we win all of them. I mean, the Heat just lost to uh, Chicago. Hopefully, we can you know keep handing them some L's. Hopefully, we can hand Brooklyn another L. Maybe right. a four and week. This is this is the beauty when you kind of look at this list because you're like you know the Nets are dealing with their woes. The Heat, have, as we've discussed, I mean they lost to the Bulls. I think didn't they? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like, uh, 76ers are 0-2. We're sitting over here going, hey, maybe the 78-4 dream is alive. It's possible for this Raptors squad. But in reality, Detroit. on paper, it's a tough week ahead of us. You know, these are our three, quote-unquote, contending teams in the East. It yep. could be good. It could be bad. The thing that I'm going to look at is, is it's it's good basketball that we're going to get the boys to get to play, right? We're not going on a four-game trip against Charlotte and Indiana. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're facing what should know. be, yeah, what should be good talent with good matchups here and there. And even if it's not good matchups and we blow them out, we're at least having to defensively cover superstars in all of his matchups. So, you know, I think it's an exciting week of basketball ahead for the boys. No, absolutely, man. These are three teams that were pegged to, to finish ahead of the Raptors in the standings this year. So let's, let's put them on notice that, you know, we're here to play. We're here to stay. Um, I, I'm good with Raptors chat, you know, as much one game is, is only so much to talk about. Um, hopefully they win tonight. And that's actually where I'm going to go with my prediction. I'm actually just going to guarantee it, man. Brooklyn Nets, 
about to get stomped by the Toronto Raptors tonight. Let's go! This guy over here trying to do a Chuck guarantee. Shout out to Charles Barkley and the TNT crew, by the way, who just secured a massive bag for 10 more years. The guy that got a $100 million contract, Charles Barkley, all from going, guarantee. No. Absolutely. They're, good, man. they're, they're so the entertaining. entertaining. You know, they are the basketball best. Basketball television. Yeah. They are the best halftime show. They're the best. So shout out to. You know, Ernie, Chuck, Shaq, and Kenny, the boys on TV. We love to see it. But for me, I'm going to be a little different. I don't want to get into Toronto just yet. So I'm looking at Giannis. You know, I'm thinking about how this week we had, I think it was 13 30-plus point games. But nobody got over 40. You know, DeMar DeRozan got to 37. That's the highest we've had so far. So I'm looking at a guy like Giannis, and I'm like, okay, let's get a 40 bomb. Let's maybe get a 50 bomb. They play the Rockets tomorrow, and I mean, I don't know what their interior defense looks like. So my prediction is all about Giannis being the first player to put up 40 to 50 points this season. As much as I like Alice Brun Sengun and, and Jabari Smith Jr., uh, yeah, it's going to be tough to stop Giannis. So Absolutely. good call, my friend. I like to think that I, I want to be smart this season with some things. You know, I started poorly last week by saying the Lakers are making the playoffs. So I want to try to redeem myself here. Attaboy, attaboy. I like it. I like it. Perfect. All right, man. I think you're good to wrap us up, though. Awesome. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us a thumbs up, and check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.